Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Paul, located out of a few different locations. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm primarily based uh, in Los Angeles now, right, right outside of LA. Um, but I have uh, a few gyms uh, in Chicago and uh, Illinois called Sweat, Sweat Fitness Studios. Um, and also, um, the first gym I ever started was Maple Leaf CrossFit uh, outside of uh, Chicago. It's actually closer to the Quad City area, uh, a good two hours west towards Iowa in Illinois. And then um, my newest venture, it's called Para Performance Co. here in LA. So kind of been back and forth between the Midwest and the West Coast, but uh, it's currently uh, January and it's 70 degrees here. So I'm going to stay in California uh, for a while. Yeah, I don't blame you. Soak up that warm weather. Yeah, yeah. So how did you get into this industry in the first place? Yeah, it's actually, um, I would probably say a little by accident, a little, um, you know, a solid 12, I would say about 12 years ago, living in Chicago, I was actually working uh, in corporate America for one of the uh, best and biggest names in probably the United States and probably around the world. Um, And I was in an operations role, working my tail off. Um, I was probably putting in somewhere around 60 hour weeks going home exhausted, stressed, started gaining a solid amount of weight after college, you know, and um, on my way home from my office from uh, the West Loop in Chicago, I would uh, walk past the CrossFit gym that was, uh, had, you know, floor to ceiling windows on the ground level. And I could see in every day at four or four thirty, five o'clock, the place was just packed and you had um, every shape, every size, every everything you can imagine uh, in terms of, of demographics taking this class. And uh, I'm not joking. I probably walked by that for a solid three months and kept looking, kept looking. And I always thought to myself, there's no way. There's no way I can, one, go to a group fitness class is too intimidated. And two, there's definitely no way I can pick up a barbell and do what these guys and, and women in there were doing. Um, lo and behold... I actually had a coworker that uh, went to that gym every day, took a class Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. And uh, one day he saw me walking by, ran out of the class, called me out and said, oh my God, you gotta come, you gotta come. You walk right by here, you live right down the street. So again, it took probably another two or three weeks of convincing. I finally went in, took this class and I absolutely died. I absolutely died. Um, In fact, ran to the bathroom, definitely threw up. And, uh, but I finished and I left and, um, you know, in this class, I mean, there was, I was doing moves that I've never even saw before. Didn't think I could ever do this. And, uh, I remember when I left, I was walking back home and I was so motivated. I was so just, I had, I was just inspired, you know, like, holy smokes, I did this. And, uh, that kind of started my whole fitness journey. I I did that for probably about a year. I lost the weight. I toned up. I got in really great shape. And every single day I went to this gym and, uh, you know, I, at this time I had, I think I had finished my MBA. I had always thought about owning a business. I thought I was going to go into consulting and, um, 
you know, uh, every day that I went to this gym, I looked at the equipment, I looked around and I thought, oh my gosh, there's 40 people in here in one class. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what we were paying at the time, probably 25 bucks a class, maybe $200 a month in a membership. And I thought to myself, wow, like this is a money maker, you know? Uh, and I just, I thought I saw dollar signs every day. And I ended up <laughs> and I thought, hey, maybe this is a reality. Maybe I can do this. Um, and I, you know, long story short, that's kind of what got me into into this. And I started building it. I'm a, cut you off. Before you move on too quickly, I have a question. Because yeah. I run into a lot of gym owners that are like, I didn't get into this industry to make money. But yeah. from your perspective, you're looking and you're like, I think there's a lot of money in this industry, like literally seeing dollar signs. So I guess what was it from your background that had you come to that like aha moment? Yeah. Um, I mean, I honestly kind of the way I grew up, um, I grew up around, um, you know, both of my parents involved in business and business ownership. Uh, Mm -hmm. They had they had several different businesses that they were rocking um, from since I can remember. And I watched them open up stores in, in high school and I watched the struggle and I watched the success. And for me and in, in my brain, it was kind of wired of like, Hey, I want to own my own business. And, and to be honest with you, like, um, I don't even, that's not, you can, people can laugh at this all they want. As I grew up and as I went through college, I always thought to myself, I don't want to be someone that has to work until I'm 65, 70, 80 years old. I want to be able to maybe live in Chicago and live in California. I maybe want to travel. I want to do these things. And all of that stuff, you know, I, I remember, you know, it costs money. It's just, and a lot of it, you know. So for me, um, getting into gyms was was the number one reason was to, to make money, to build a business and be successful. And I like the idea of not working for someone else. Um, I really struggled in corporate America. Um, I, without tooting my own horn, I mean, I had I'd just gotten my MBA. I came into this job. I was technically not qualified for the job, but I, I worked really, really hard. And I was 22, 23, 24. And people in the same role that I had were 45, 50, 55. And the way that I got treated in, in corporate America was I was uh, always looked down upon, always. And I actually had a higher up, uh, at some point in time, I was getting better results and numbers were better. And I had inquired about promotional, you know, opportunities for me. I actually had a higher up tell me, you're 15 years away from a promotion. It's going to take you 15 years in that role. And when somebody says that to you, I just, you know, I shut down. I completely shut down. And I said, this is not for me. So for me, getting into fitness and and the gyms, for me, it was, it was a dollar sign thing um, at the beginning. Uh, Of course, as, as you, as I moved through the industry, uh, you get to know people, you hear the stories about what you're doing in people's lives uh, with fitness. But the bottom line for me was, is is just real is reality is I can't pay. uh, If I can't pay rents and pay payroll, and make money on top of it, I'm not going to do it. So that's reality for me. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. That's (laughs) that's an interesting story for sure. Um, But so you worked in corporate America for how long? 
I actually got this job. Um, I started uh, when I was, I think, 20 on a very part-time role because mm -hmm. of an internship that I did for my uh, for my business studies. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think I, I worked for them up until I was 26. So not even not even six full years. Yeah. So this is a two-part question. Um, you worked in corporate America for about six years, but you also grew up in like a family of entrepreneurs and business owners. Yeah. What are some things that I guess skills that you developed while you were working for corporate America? On the flip side of that, like what are some things that you had to like unlearn that were not going to be beneficial for your growth? Oh yeah, great questions. Um, the probably the um, ones that uh, just really simply with corporate America. I mean, first off, um, time your time management. Um, I was I was such a go getter back then, even just like being kind of younger. But I would watch, you know, people in the same role just completely waste time and not not like sitting there googling things on their work hour. We had we were we were developing. Uh, other leaders in our role. We were developing people below us. And uh, I would sit there sometimes and think, you know, we're just completely wasting our time with an individual or missing the point in terms of giving somebody real world experience and developing them. Mm -hmm. So the time management, uh, people management was huge. I had, um, at times I had uh, over, I think the most I ever had was like 100, I want to say like 108 or 110 people below me which was at the time so overwhelming and but for me the most important thing for me back then was was relationship building so people management relationship building um were those three things really really big uh for me as utilizing your time wisely um managing your people and building relationships uh with with your people the people that you're entrusting to run your businesses so uh, i think those are probably three of the biggest ones the unlearn one, um, that's a really great question. I, uh, this might not sound the most professional, but you know, in my role in, in corporate America, like I said, I, I really struggled because I felt I was kind of jaded. I was like, I felt stuck and I felt like I was never going anywhere. So my personal growth definitely took a backseat like for sure took a back seat. Once I got comfortable and once I basically realized that I had 15 years of just doing this and being comfortable before I'd ever promote, all reason went out the window of like, hey, just, you know, meet your goals. That's it. Just meet your goals. And my personal growth probably took a back seat. And I didn't even do things like, I didn't read. I didn't um, do research on things. I didn't sit and have creative time to, allow the brain to flex and uh, soak in other things and, and get creative, um, all that sort of stuff. So I had to really, I had to unlearn um, some of that stuff and learn how to take time for myself to get creative, especially owning your own business. Um, yeah. and, put, and put my personal growth, honestly, um, kind of first, I know it might sound kind of selfish, but I had to, I had to learn how to say, hey, like you have to grow yourself so do you think that for a person who's listening that may have put their personal growth on the back on the back burner do you think that your business like your personal growth is here and your business is here do you think that your business can ever outgrow that your personal growth or like it's kind oh. of in alignment with where you're at does that make sense yeah. oh of course yeah I think that you can I think you can sit 
stagnant for so long that your business, that your own business, whether it's your own or if you're working for somebody else or corporate, that business can pass you by in terms of like what it, what it's capable of. And you just fall behind on your own growth. Um, part of that growth is like I said, the creative piece of it where so many of us, um, even in fitness and owning gyms, if we get too stagnant for too long and the business just keeps going and going, going all of a sudden your ideas are stale. You don't have any ideas you're running. Um, for example, you could be running some of the same marketing things that, that worked five years ago, but the marketing campaigns today, they don't work. You could be running a challenge that 10 years ago, you had 200 people sign up for, uh, that today you have not, you haven't adjusted it. You haven't incorporated new ideas and now you've got 20, right? Yeah. Um, so absolutely your business can completely pass you up. I think if, if you're, if you stay stagnant long enough and don't allow yourself the, the time to find the creativity, um, the time to honestly let your brain relax. So part of that's like recovery and, and time away from the business. Um, and then the other piece is, is the actual, I think some of the, we all forget is like, is the growth of like doing the research, doing the reading, doing the creative outreach, all these things that, that we have at our disposal to, again, mainly to stimulate your mind. Yeah, very well said. Mm -hmm. So marketing, let's talk about that. Um, did you go in, like, did you open your gym with having zero clients? Like, did you have to start from nobody? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Um, and I, I can sit and laugh about it now at the time I was completely overwhelmed and at times like just second guessing everything because I even had to go find the space. I had to talk to the landlords. I had to look at leases, you know, um, because back at that point in time, I think I was 20, I was my first started my business plan is 24. I didn't find a space till I was 25 and mm -hmm. You know, I was 25 talking to a 60-year-old landlord and looking at leases, and I didn't even have the whereabouts to say, oh, hey, go get a, a realtor and go get a lawyer and look at all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that that wasn't a, even a thought in my brain when I first started. So I went through that whole process of, you know, learning, hey, get a lawyer, hey, get a real estate agent, hey, all those things. Yeah. So your first gym. Um... You put that from zero to what? Zero. Uh, to what you say? In terms of members. Um, uh, zero. We've had all, all the way up to um, the the first gym, all the way up to I want to say like two ninety, uh, okay. was was where kind of like the standard that we're at now, like where you want to kind of get it and keep it. Of course, took a hit during COVID, but um, right. pushing pushing that further, um, but. Yeah, and um, you know when we first, when I first started, when I even opened up the doors, I didn't even have one member uh, because at the time again, I didn't know that there was you could do like uh, pre-sales, yeah. you know, <laughs> right, and and stuff. So I, I when I opened up the door, my very first class, I had my mother, okay, and one random client who I never met before. Wow. Okay. So very my next cool. question for you is. How do you, how did you go from zero to 100? Not even zero to 300, but like give advice to somebody that's just like stuck at like that 50, like right in the middle or just kind of stuck at 70. Like, what did you do in terms of marketing? 
and getting your name out there that led to you getting to 100 and then eventually to very close to 300 people. Yeah. Um, so the first, uh, honestly, the first 100, to be honest with you, I think even the first 20 members that I got, um, your, the, your members are um, the, the best piece of feedback, both um, some very, very critical and some, some they just, they get in there and they love it and they want to help you, right? Um, so your members will tell you a lot, especially if you, um, if you listen uh, and also just have, you know, connect with them, build relationships with them. And that was, I think like the first 20, 25 members of when I first started, I, I learned a lot about my programming of the class. I mean, we all kind of think like gyms, sometimes we get caught up in like the rah-rah of it of like, oh, what's the gym look like? Or what kind of equipment do they have? Or, you know, what's their, what's their niche or, you know, cute trainers or whatever type of thing is out there. Um, bottom line is people come to your gym, number one, to, to work out. So for me in those first 20, 25 members I have, I remember I had to make major adjustments in my pro in the programming um, because classes weren't classes were getting over before the one hour time slot. So people were asking for more um, people wanted more variation. And um, so I would say like within the first 25 members that I got, uh, I think stretched out over a course of maybe two months. Um, I made major adjustments to my programming and to what the class actually looked like. Um, it's, I, I think some people have a challenge getting people in the door, getting foot traffic. I didn't really have that quote unquote problem. I, you know, utilize things like social media and, and some mass marketing things um, out there, signs on the street, uh, pamphlets, the whole works. But my problem is I got someone in for one time they didn't see the value of the cost of the class or of the membership and the, and the class and the programming. Um, so the crazy part, I remember actually this specifically, I think I had 30 or 31 members when I made the, the huge overhaul of the programming and what the class structures look like uh, within, in less than 90 days. So within three months, I was already up to 80 members. And the only adjustment I made, the only adjustment I made was in the class, right? Um, so that, that was really huge. After that, um, I really focused on the marketing piece of it, especially in, um, in, in Chicago, in downtown Chicago. I focused on, on as many events as I could to bring in people that have never been before. And that was doing, like I did things like free community class Thursdays. I went to buildings around and I offered, again, it was just all me, free classes in the building of like body weight and resistance band training and handed them all free classes afterwards. Um, things like that. I mean, there are so many. I set up booths um, in building lobbies uh, throughout the day where, again, I would sit there in their high traffic times. And I was always handing out a free class, free class, free class, meeting people, saying, oh, hey, I train, come in, this, that. Um, all of my current members were given five free classes to invite five friends, um, uh, you know, those type of things. So sounds like a lot of free, <laughs> but that got me the foot traffic. And if I could get my, my face and my workout in front of people and high five them and make them feel really good and connect with them, 
uh, I wanted to give them that same feeling I had when I went to that first CrossFit gym and walked out saying, holy crap, I just got my ass beat, but I feel so good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, for, sure, an interesting feeling. for sure that got me up to a hundred members. Okay. So you're about to open a, another location, right? Mm-hmm. So are you going to be using the, like the same marketing strategies as you did for the first three or has that kind of evolved? Yeah, so um, I would like to say it's cookie cutter um, on all of them, and I will probably uh, use the majority of the same um, same techniques and, and uh, things that I've done with all of them. I think, um, you know, I think going through COVID really, uh, again, kind of reset a lot of us. Um, and so I go back to this all the time. All these gems I've ever done, is for me, it's been able to, uh, what has worked has me getting my face into your face and talking with you and connecting with you and getting kind of showing you what I've got, establishing a level of trust and building some sort of relationship. So um, it's so time consuming. It's very, very time consuming. But uh, for me, that is, it has always brought a, a level of loyalty, a level of, of trust and respect. Um, I, you know, communication, open lines of communication with your clients. So yeah, um, I'll absolutely spend the time sitting up booths, doing events, meeting people, um, offering free classes uh, to be, for people to get in. Um, I look at like offering free classes, especially when you when you first begin. You know, it's a it's a marketing it's a marketing cost. We're not necessarily losing anything. Uh, your class is already going to go on anyway. You're already putting in uh, paying someone for an hour of that class. You might as well try to pack it as much as you can and market it as much as you can while you've got it. Gotcha. Okay. So with that being said, like you have a lot to manage. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the systems that you use to stay organized and on top of everything? Yeah, I'm a calendar guy and I'm a list guy. Um. And the cool thing about both of those is that you do it day after day, week after week, and then it becomes year after year. Some of the some of the things that you do, um, they're repeatable routines, so they get ingrained in you. So then you can all of a sudden start moving away from a list and, and stuff. But I'm a calendar guy, and I spend um, I spent probably 15, 20% of my time rocking that calendar and planning and knowing. Uh, from a business perspective, what has to be done today? Uh, for example, I already know next month we're starting a a challenge called a fall in love with yourself challenge. You know, kind of goes in with Valentine's Day and stuff. I know that's coming. I've been planning that now for two months, and every single day, uh, working on you know whether it's marketing for the challenge or or uh, weigh-ins for the challenge, those sort of things. So it's everything's calendarized, you know, all the way into uh, fall 2023 challenge that we run. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just plan, I plan. And every single day I, I go down, uh, you know, my calendar list of what needs to be done today, what can be put off to tomorrow, um, what am I behind on? And that's my biggest tool for sure. Um, I, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a, I think there's, there's a bunch of tools out there that in the years past, uh, I've done everything from like, um, I, I even used to do like social media uh, apps or um, 
programs that would post for you and time it all out of like, you know, months in advance and that sort of thing. Um, I don't overcomplicate anything anymore. Um, I don't use a ton of apps anymore. Um, I have really, I used to have 5,000 Google folders, you know, this, 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 that, whatever. That was so overwhelming. But I read the book, Declutter Your Mind. And uh, that changed my life about how I operate. And so I, you know, I stick to my calendar. I'm a calendar guy and whatever that entails. I, like I said, I don't do, I don't use a ton of tools. I don't do a lot of apps. I'm not all over Google Docs. Um, you know, I don't have 5,000 tabs open on my computer. I try to keep it as simple <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Simple scales, fancy mm -hmm. fails. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So one more question for you. Um, tell us a little bit about any, are you facing any challenges right now or are there any obstacles you're, you're currently working on overcoming in any of the gyms that you have? Yeah. Um, I will say this from, um, as all of them, uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of changing, I think, month by month. Uh, you know, everyone's probably talked about COVID. COVID threw us all for a loop in everything that we do our entire lives. But from a fitness perspective in my gyms alone, I noticed that um, the bouncing back was not as quick as what I thought it would be, right? And not only do you have, um, I would say now coming through COVID, uh, you can call it competition. You've got increased competition where there's all these things that we learn that we can actually do at home. I myself work out at home a ton, a ton. Um, and not only uh, with weights and stuff, but you, we've also learned like, hey, you can go on an hour long walk one day and you can call that a workout because that's absolutely great. So the variety that's out there and uh, coupled with like people, people's understanding of like where their money is going and what they're doing, um, the gyms didn't bounce back with uh, every single client that paused or canceled during COVID uh, at, at all. Um, in fact, I would say it's probably less than 50% came back to a full paying membership. So the interesting thing for me, the challenge has been um, kind of literally back to like when I first opened my first gym of like saying, hey, how do you get people in? How do you show them the value of a group fitness class or a small group class or personal training um, and pay that money, uh, you know, uh, to this business, right? So for for it's been back to the drawing board, back to relationship building, back to different events, back to uh, at times even looking at your pricing models and saying, hey, does your pricing model today uh, reflect today's times, or is that still 2016 and 17 when things were amazing? Um, right. So I, I would say that's like the biggest challenge is. Um, all the problems that we have in America, the one thing I will tell you, I think people are pretty darn smart with their money these days uh, in the times that we live in. We, you know, um, I, I, I watch every dollar myself. And so if I watch every dollar and where that goes, and um, my partner and I were just talking about cans of chicken at Whole Foods, little tiny cans being almost $6, right? You can go to Aldi's and get twice the size for $2.99 of a can right so if we're having those conversations i know everybody else is too so for me again it's about the challenge for me has been making sure people understand what they're getting 
and the value behind every dollar that they put into into us. Yeah, very well said. Well, this is a great, great place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, easiest place you can find me is probably on Instagram at Paul Michael Ron. Uh, that's me personally. Uh, that's probably the best place I, I I manage it. I run it, and I respond to DMs and uh, love to connect with people. So at Paul Michael Ron. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much, Paul. We really appreciate your time and contribution to our podcast. And really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. Also, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you. Appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you're going to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description. And as always, until next time, Jim Morris. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me is Robert Childress with Divergent Fitness out of Phoenix, Arizona. Robert, how's the day going, my guy? Hey, things are doing great. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. Appreciate the time you take out of your day um, to learn all about your facility and, you know, your background, your passion. So with that being said, go ahead and kind of open up to our listeners a little bit, you know, how did you get into the industry? What's your passion behind what you're doing and, you know, kind of the experiences along the way? Okay. So, uh, you know, like I said, I think everybody gets in this business because they love fitness. Uh, we love what we do. We, we're here to change lives. Uh, my all started, you know, I moved down to Miami. I saw, you know, all these people that were just doing, you know, fit, on the beach, you know, loving life. And I've wanted to be a part of it. So I started my journey about 20 years ago. I uh, got to learn about from everybody and from different ways of working out. And I took what I love, had an opportunity to move out here to Phoenix. And I took it and opened up our personal training facility, uh, you know, private personal training and just completely, I'm here to change people's lives. That's my passion. I have a lot of people of uh, different walks of life and, you know, each person I can one by one give um, certain advice, fitness advice, uh, depends on what their needs or wants are. And I go from there. So that's my passion is just helping people. And that's why I'm here. I love it. Passion is the way to go. You know, if, uh, you got the passion, you know, everything else kind of falls in line with, you know, what you're doing, you know, you're not trying to scam and do things that's unethical and stuff like that. So, you know, passion is, you know, always a key. Um, well, Robert, um, you know, with Divergent Fitness kind of dive in, you know, and let's talk about, you know, like elevator pitch, like when somebody comes into your facility, you know, maybe a potential new member, what's going to be like, their, their visual, their expectation, you know, kind of what all services do you offer? I know you said one-on-one -on -one PT. I'm mm -hmm. um, just kind of give the full spectrum of your facility inside. Okay. So I am a garage gym, home owned. So I actually work out of my garage, uh, is fully set up. 
And um, when somebody contacts me, of course, we go through the phone interview. We find out their wants, their needs, what's their expectations. Make sure they have a real, uh, you know, a reality of expectations, you know, um, especially for what I preach and what I have to offer. So when somebody comes to me, we go through the whole in and out discussion. Then they get to come in and actually see me and do a free workout like most gyms do. Nothing's, you know, really any different there. They come in, we still discuss everything, and we, we kind of just sit down, um, not sit down, but we work out based off of their wants, needs. Can they do certain things? Injuries. I get a lot of people with injuries, uh, so everybody has different stuff. But on a normal platform, when somebody comes in, uh, we go through a, so I got this thing that I call a basic foundation of strength, basic foundation of working out. So when somebody comes to me, we do it very low and slow. My, I don't beat people up. I don't try to kill them. I, I, most of my clients have to work the next day or they got children, they got lives. So I'm just trying to give them a little bit of taste of what's going on. And then as they progress, like I said, the, the basic foundation of strength. Then we move forward, um, and as they get stronger, we just do more combination of workouts, uh, sets, you know, just everything. We don't, like, come in here and start deadlifting day one, uh, which I have found that a lot of my clients are very – so a lot of them has done other PTs, and I think it separates me because I, I tell everybody all the time, low and slow, just like barbecue. We're breaking down muscle just like we break down meat. You know, we're just taking our time. <laughs> I've slow. never heard that before, and I absolutely <laughs> love it. So that's how we do it. And I, I try not to do it without killing them. And, and that's a simple process. I try to tell all my clients, you know, I don't, I don't offer any gimmicks. I don't have any special wand in here. If you're going to want results, you're going to want to do the work. You're going to have to eat right, eat proper, um, do the work, consistency. I don't preach 10 pounds. You know, if somebody comes into me and say they want to lose 20 pounds this month, I'm just going to tell them they got to go somewhere else. It ain't happening with me. You know, I, I, I can't do it. You know, I, I'm all about not starving you. I don't, even our work, my food plans, you know, when I talk to people about food, I'm like, Guys, we're here to, you know, not starve the body. I, I don't know how many people I would probably say 80% of everybody who walks through my door is like, yeah, I only eat a thousand calories a day. I can't lose weight. You know, I run on a treadmill for, you know, hour a day. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're killing yourself. Like, and so we're all about low and slow. Take it easy, build muscle, feed the muscle and burn off the fat. It's a really simple process and break down each moment, um, even their food. Like I said, we go through it. I don't come in with a diet plan or anything like that. I just, hey, track your food. I give them a couple of apps, track it, come back to me next week. All right, we're taking out A, B, and C. We're gonna add something else in there. Still eat the rest of your junk that you're having. Then we're gonna do that for a couple of weeks. You come back, we're gonna take away a little bit more, add some more. That way they never feel like they're giving up on everything. Because once people see results, they're more willing to do a little bit more. You start taking oh. away things, they're not going to, you know, they're like, screw this, we're done. And so I just try to take a little bit out, add a little bit in. And then when I get more comfortable with it, we just keep doing that process until we 
hit our goals until we're eating 100% clean. So, you yeah, know, very simple process. Yeah, well, simple to us. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, yeah, I know a lot of my people. And here's the thing. Even when I moved to Miami, I was a really scrawny guy. So really scrawny. I was, you know, six foot four, under 200 pounds. Oh, wow. I met this guy. I was like, man, I just want to get big. He gave me some really bad advice. He's like, drink this protein shake. I won't mention any names. But he's like, drink this protein shake and eat whatever you want. Well, I'm going to McDonald's, pounding down two scoops of protein and eating Big Macs. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I gained weight, all right. <laughs> yeah. I got uh-huh. big. I got 275, you know. <laughs> oh, that's a lot and it was, it, was, it was a lot of food. And, I, and that's where I said I got some bad advice. And, you know, I blew up. And so when people come to me and say, man, I got eating problems. I got bad eating habits. I don't know what to do. I can relate. Because I went years, I got, you know, family that's very large, a lot of them, um, maybe bigger than most should be. <laughs> and we have eating problems. I'm like, wow, I can't do this. So when somebody comes to tell me, hey, you don't understand. Oh, I can whip out pictures. Hey, I completely understand where you're coming from. I know what's going on. Let's get through this together. And that's why I believe in doing it low and slow, learning the process, enjoying the process you're going through it it's a lifetime commitment and that's where i've got i would say 85 percent of my clientele is they understand the process they just don't do it because i tell them they understand why they're doing it so we break it all down simplify it yeah and i think you you know like the law of attraction you know you attract what you see so it's like you said somebody comes in there and want to lose 20 pounds in one month. You're like, all right, go, go down the road, go somewhere else because like, that's not realistic. And we're not going to teach that way. Right. I, and I, I'm a big believer in that. Uh, I know a lot of people may disagree, but I, I preach one pound a week. You know, some of my people half a pound. I'm like, you're just not, you just don't have enough to give. I want you guys to be strong. I want you guys to have body composition. I don't want you guys, you know, just wasting away. And, you know, dehydrating and not eating and not having energy and not enjoying life because it just won't last. That's not sustainable. So no. we stay away from that. Yeah. And it's definitely not sustainable long-term. Like you might be able to get away with it for a very, 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 very short time, but very short time. It's, it's not going to be healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. I love, love the concept. Love the, you know, the garage gym, you know, I've been, I've been speaking to a lot of uh, different people with either that concept or at least the name, the garage gym. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But talk to me about Divergent Fitness. You know, how many members are you currently servicing? How big is the the square footage in your garage? So, you know, I am very, I'm very proud of my garage. It is only, it's under 400 square feet. It's a two-car garage. I do mainly free weights. So I have dumbbells, five to 110. I have a squat rack, of course, and I have a cable machine. So not only are we working on strength training, But my biggest thing is, and I hate to say this, but the fitness industry with women, they still don't understand they need to lift weights and heavy weights, get strong. And I'm preaching. That's why the name Divergent come from, uh, tending to be different and doing it in a different way, is I'm out there preaching to these women, lift weights, get stronger. You're not going to get big. You're not going to get blow. You won't get hurt. You're not going to look like a man. And, you know, they get in here, and as we're doing free weights, as you know, 
as we're taking care of free weights that works on your uh, you know your secondary muscles or your um stability muscles whatever you want to call them you know it, it's all about functionality mobility it's not just hitting heavy weights and getting stiff so they're able to they you have to be creative in here with your weights because i don't have machines to isolate the muscles so we get creative and you know i got to keep their mind occupied i got to keep them functioning and making sure that they're not getting bored while getting stronger and with limited machines or limited equipment, I guess I would say, not machines. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, no, that, that's great. You know, I love the creativity with the gym, you know, keep it up. Kudos. Um, you know, how many members would you say that you have in your facility right now? Right now I'm currently taking care of about 10 to 13 people. Um, the way my structure is most of my clients come two to three times a week. So okay. I got them coming multiple times a week. Um, that way, you know, like just any PT knows, you know, the more they come, the more better the results, the more they're here. I mean, I have them coming in once a week. Those are the ones who are struggling a little bit more than others. Uh, but we're still moving forward. But my really successful women, um, and men, I do have a couple of men in here. Most of them are two to three times a week is what we always aim for. Awesome. Um, so with that, you know, kind of talking about like big goals, you know, like where, where do you see yourself in the next, you know, like one to three years? Do you want to expand? Do you want to go into like an actual like commercial facility, you know, like brick and mortar? Like it kind of walk us through like what your plans are for Divergent Fitness. So <laughs> my plans actually got derailed uh, in 2020, of course, just probably like any other business. I was very fortunate enough to stay open. Uh, you know, I work from home. So I was able to work, but that was going to be my year. And, um, you know, everything kind of crashed. But yeah, the next one to three years, I am planning on opening up a gym. Uh, same, actually, same concept of limited machines, limited stuff as far as what's in there. Uh, very small square footage. I want to be around 3,000 square feet. And the reason behind that is I think a lot of times people walk into a gym and they see 30,000 square feet of machines and they're like, whoa, you know, what, where do I start? What do I do? And they see all these people and they're lost before they even get started. So I want to minimize it, get it down to, like I said, 3,000 square feet and almost walk them to each way. Um, that way they should feel more comfortable, confident in everything they do. And hopefully the success, you know, because it's all about consistency. I need them back the next day. So that is my plan in the next one to three years is to get something of that nature open. Excellent. I think that's a great plan. You know, always shoot big, but realistic, right? Yeah. You awesome. know. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, um, I'm good, bro. <laughs> no, okay. All right. I didn't know you were going to say anything. Um, so you know, walk us through, you know, like what, you know, what are you currently doing that's helping you get to that goal? So right now I am meeting, um, I'm in, I actually have a couple of, of clients that, um, a lot of my clients are, I don't want to say high end, but they're very business like minded. And so I got a couple that's interested in maybe, uh, investments here soon. Um, so we've been kind of talking in and out and then I'm just doing the grind. You know, I, I work all the time. 
Uh, when I say all the time, man, my day starts at 3 a.m. I got my first client 4 a.m. every day. You know, so I get up, I'm grinding. Uh, I got a two and a half year old daughter that, you know, I'm up. I maybe have a client, she's gone or something. I go see her, come back when she goes to school or preschool, get back in here, grind it out some more, go pick her up, come back, grind out some more. So I am in here a lot. And so I, I'm just in grinding mode. You know, I have a business plan in my head. Uh, it's on paper actually, but to get to that level, you know, to succeed for me, I think the best way is, you know, kind of keeping out of debt. So I'm actually in the mindset of wanting to pay off all the equipment. So that way, when I walk into a business or walk into that opportunity, I just got whatever overhead is, you know, equipment's expensive. So if I can get all that paid for, get everything paid off and just have to worry about the smaller stuff, my, you know, it should be a piece of cake for the most part. Just keep grinding. I mean, that's all I know. I mean, like I'm old school. I just want to grind, you know, get a build and grind, build and grind. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, should be a piece of cake. Keep grinding. It should be. A, yeah. <laughs> I, that that grind know. never stops. <laughs> awesome, man. Cool. Well, talk to us about, you know, like, you know, like lead gen, you know, uh, on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis. I'm not sure how you track it, but you know, on a, on an average basis, how many new people are you seeing a week potentially that are prospects? You know, are you doing anything to bring new people in? Mm -hmm. So basically I do a lot of networking. Um, I'm probably just like every other trainer. I wear my gear out when I'm out grocery shopping. Uh, I still go to big box gyms. You know, I go there, I meet people, I talk to people. Um, but Facebook, Facebook has been my golden golden child right there that that's what takes care of me so nice. when facebook i get a lot of referrals which i've been in here for so long i'm not gonna lie when i first started you know coming to ask a person to come to my home garage <laughs> it was very it didn't work very well you know in the beginning it took a lot of trust a lot of years i didn't really see a good potential probably for my third year i started seeing growth uh, now I got Facebook. I do a lot of networking. I go see people, but now it's referrals. I got people that's referring me to their friends, to their friends, to their friends. Usually if I get one, I expect to get about three more out of them by six months. And long-term, most of my people, they are very long-term and I have short-term contracts. That's another thing that sets me apart is you don't sign up for six months or a year I sell them by the sessions. So somebody comes in, I'm like, okay, you, you get your free one. We're doing our thing. You like me. I like you, you know, and I even tell them up front, you know, that's why we do the free one. If I don't like you, I kick you out just as much. And that's where the, I do 10 session and 20 session packages. So it's very short term, but it also benefits me because I've had some people in here. That's maybe not my, not the best, you know, you're dealing with people. So if you're clashing, things are not right, I kick you out just as fast as I brought you in. I've had to fire people before, you know, and I have no problem letting people go. I'm that far in my career where I could be like, you know what, you're, this is just not working out. We're not dealing with each other that well. And, you know, here, I did your sessions. I did what I was supposed to do. You can walk. And I just won't renew them. Um, for a new person, that might be very hard when you're trying to get every person every dollar everything in but 
and, and I was that way, but now I, I can completely pick and choose who I want to work with. And I've been very blessed with a lot of great people here in the last year, year and a half. No, and it sounds like you, you've made a lot of great connections along the way and have helped a lot of people along the way too. So again, kudos to that. And, you know, it sounds like things are going well and, you know, the more, the more time goes on, you know, just the bigger and better things are going to happen. That's what we're going for. <laughs> awesome, man. So talk to me about, you know, where realistically, you know, for the audience and everything, where do you see yourself? When do you see yourself getting across that threshold? where like, okay, it's time to get into this new facility. <laughs> is it, is it a you know, member based number? Like, do you need like 50 members? Obviously 50, nah, 400. Yeah. Garage. You know, here's the thing. It base comes down to cash flow for me. Um, I'm, a, I'm all about having the cash, paying cash, getting it all done. So for me, because if it was members based, I, I would already be ready. You know, I've got so many clients that I'm actually trying to find someone to maybe come and help me out. I am so busy, um, but even that's getting a little hard trying to find the right people with the right mindset that understands what I'm trying to do. Because if I bring somebody in, it's not just them coming in and training, but I would like for them to kind of see my vision for the future as well. So uh, mine's more of a dollar amount um, and I'm not too far off from it. It's just, you know, making sure the timing's right, making sure everything kind of flows, getting the right people around me. Um, I mean, honestly, I believe if I pull the trigger right now, I would be okay in six months. I, I really have that much faith in what I do. And, yeah. uh, but it's just, you know, the reality is I have, you know, life is life. I have a two year, two and a half year old daughter. So I'm a little bit more cautious. And I think a lot of business owners can relate to that. Like I'm not gonna put my daughter in jeopardy when things are great now. Cause as you know, when you open up a business, your not just your time, but your finances kind of get shrunk down, you know, you don't put them up for free. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I, I, I do think I'm a little bit more cautious than I need to be, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel full and aware that I think I can have it, you know, doing well in six months and a year, I think I'd be running about 80%, you know, and, and go ahead. I uh, say, and then it's time. It's time, you know, so, you know, like right now I'm, I'm probably, I'm very blessed. I, 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 like I said, I talked to a lot of PTs, you know, you, you, you build connections just like anyone else. Absolutely. And they're like, what do you do for a side gig? I'm like, I don't have a side gig. This is, this is my life. This is what I do. I don't do anything else but personal training. And it seems like that's um, a rarity around here. You know, they're constantly like, wow, I have to go do this or go do that. And I'm like, you know, I just go and train people one after another, you know, hour after hour, I just pump them out. Um, but I think that's got a lot to do with my attitude and, you know, how I treat people, you know, it's almost common sense, but yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm finding more things about myself than what you'd almost recognize what I would think, or maybe even yourself would think is this common sense, common courtesy. People actually don't get that. And I'm hearing horror stories and I, people are flooding to me. People are, you know, they're fighting me. And I'm like, man, I'm just a dude working out of his gym, <laughs> chilling. And I'm getting, I'm busy all the time and I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And just, to, just to recount, you said that, you know, right now you have about 10 to 13 people that you're training all the time. Is that like 
full scale or do you have extras on the side or is that kind of like the majority? No, that's, that's all of them. That's their full time. Um, they're contracted in a lot of them's been with me. I would say there's probably over half of those been with me for a year or better or at least oh, close. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And that's, they, they just, they stick around. Um, well, they get the results. Um, we have a slogan around here, demand results. And it's not just demand results from yourself, but it's demand results from me. You know, I, I make them, I, I make my clients call me on, not call me, but text me every Saturday, weigh-ins. What's going on? Tell me what's going on. And, you know, I'm, if they're not pissed, I'm pissed if things are not right. You know, I, so I get onto them. Like, I don't just, you don't just come to me. We work out, you go home. No, I'll randomly call people. I'll randomly text you Saturday night. What you doing? You know, so I'm very involved personally with every one of my clients. You know, I want to know what's going on. I want to know about everything. Um, you know, it's therapy in here. What's going on with your life? So I, I begin, you know, a very, we have, <laughs> we have a huge commitment in this gym. It's not just fitness because as you know, to get your body right, you got to get your mind right. And we talk about that as well. And we try to do everything, you know, there's bad days, good days, and I have to get them through them. And that's what I do. And I think that's why they stay is for the overall um, experience with me. A hundred percent. I can, I can relate to that, you know, as a, as been a, a fitness coach in the industry for over eight years. Um, it, it's a hundred percent, you know, how you treat them and how you make them feel aside from obviously the results that you want to get them. But you know, I, I was just having this discussion the other day and it's just like, you know, some people come for that specific coach or trainer or owner or whatever the case is, because sometimes they're going to work a little harder. Like, ah, like I got to show up, like he's here or she's here. Like I got to work, I got to work my butt off. So it's like those little connections where, you know, maybe we don't think about them all the time because we're just like, all right, guys, I'm here. Let's show up. Let's, you know, let's work. But then it's like, you even think it down to those little small intricate details where it's, this person is working harder because I care because I'm here. So it's like, you're a staple in their eyes to not only work harder, but change their life. So, you know, we are kind of in a way that the staple for a lot of people that, you know, need accountability and need, need that extra push. Absolutely. I mean, these, I, you know, you, when you deal with uh, training, especially one-on-one -on -one, people open up and you just realize sometimes, you know, life's hard, you know, no matter who you are, what's going on, and if we can get through the day, if we just have a mental day and we have a good workout, you know, that's a bonus. We're, we're winning. And I always talk about little wins. We're trying to win a little bit here, a little bit there, because the reality is in fitness, you don't get chunks. There's no th such thing as chunks in fitness. No one's going to lose that 20, 30 pounds a month. You know, you hear people talk, oh, I lost, you know, 50 pounds a year. That's great. That's one pound a week. You know, I'm sitting here like, you know, but this person over here is mad because they only lost 50 pounds in six months and they want more. I'm like, dude, you're, you know, you're chunking it out. And so I try to bring reality to them, bring them back to the real world and what we're trying to do. And they believe in my process. And it's a little different than from a lot of people. And I'm very good about talking through them. Why are we doing this? What's your body supposed to do? How your body's going to react? Um, <laughs> I had this one story and... I couldn't believe it. This is when I realized I had to be a little bit more observant and, and talk a lot to my clients is when I first started, I had this woman, she's, you know, 
50, 52 years old, and she was out of shape, just like they come to me because they're out of shape. And she actually went to the ER because her body hurt the next day. And they just told her it was her muscles being used. And I'm like, wow, you went to the ER because you, your body was hurt that bad. And so she th actually thought something was wrong with her. And that's when I realized, wow, I got to really dial this back, find out everybody needs, what's going on, how are they working, what are they doing, and realize that, you know, we're not all here to do the, you know, full throttle mode. And that's taken me, you know, I'm very good about that. I am so good at knowing where my clients can start and end and how far I can push them without going too fast. I, I get so many compliments on that on a weekly basis. I mean, I'm just, I'm proud of that, you know, cause I, I think that's just something that uh, I really worked hard for, but something so simple just changes everything. Absolutely. And you know, that, that big part about the chunks, like you can't chunk it out in fitness, you know, right. you want to go crazy, dirty bogey, some donuts and some ice cream every night. Cool. Whatever. But <laughs> again, we talked about that in the beginning. That's not going to be sustainable. You know, it's, right you're going to have long-term health issues. You know, the list goes on, you know, we can preach this all day, but it's just like 50 pounds in a year. That's, that's a pretty significant chunk. Very you know, significant. If you look at it, you know, how long did it take you to put on 50 pounds? Probably, you know, six months to a year, you know? Um, and if you did it in less then well, you know, we'll talk about that, but um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, it's the small things, celebrate the little things to keep them encouraged, to be able to continue to go on. So they don't did get, dis um or unsatisfied or you know um you know they get discouraged right absolutely that's that's the number one thing is keeping their hopes up keeping everything going um a lot of a lot of my clients tell me they quit within the first two to three weeks and because they I, they have these unrealistic expectations that just no one can meet i mean you know let's just be real and if they do meet them how healthy are they really doing and I'm just like, guys, y'all killing me here, you know, <laughs> and enjoy it. Um, you know, I, <laughs> it's a little weird. I tell my clients all the time, guys, look in the mirror, pay attention in the mirror. And, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of weird to say, but I'm like, go flex in the mirror every morning or every night before you go to bed. You go into your mirror and you flex. I don't care if you have something, nothing, you know, because when you start seeing your body change and I've got women that's all they do is flex and I, I just get so excited because they're just like you know they look great and so why wouldn't you and it's just such a confidence booster and it just keeps them thriving and thriving and i just love it yeah especially when they start to see that change that's like when the light clicks on and it's like okay it's go time time to take this full-fledged um and it's almost it's almost like a a, a re uh gaslight like a, it's like a relighting of the fire that they once had yeah. so Every day. Awesome. That's one of my biggest tricks, you know, go check that out. Um, you know, I used to tell my, my women, I work mo mostly women. If you could tell, you know, I work with a lot of women. That's my go-to. Yeah, um, yeah. So I work with a lot of women and one of my biggest thing besides flexing, I tell my women all the time, pick out that dress that you can't fit into anymore that you only wore once. And you're so disappointed. You pull it out and every morning, you look at it. If that don't get you going, you know, because one day you're going to put it on and you're going to hate life every day until you put that on. But then when you finally put it on, 
that's got to be the biggest success story going on. And so I have my clients go and buying clothes. I tell them, don't buy clothes to fit you. Buy clothes that's going to be less, you know, or tighter. That way you, you got to get into them. And we constantly do a little motivation, stuff like that. And it just works, you know, getting, getting them excited for something. Anybody can wear stretchy jeans and, you know, <laughs> do nothing for days and weeks and months. And next thing you know, they've done messed up. So I'm all about, you know, just little bitty wins, little things that happens in their life. We, we, we just pound on it and just keep going. Next thing you know, they're down 10, 15, 20 pounds, you know, after a few months and they look great. And then usually then you don't have to do these little things, but got to get them started, keep them going. <laughs> hey, that's right. But so, you know what, some people probably like to do those little things too. Like what, what woman doesn't like to flex in the mirror, you know, maybe like yeah. see the pump they got going on from the front, from the back, whatever, you know, to each is their own, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just like a confidence booster. And, you know, a lot of people just want to feel good. They're here to make themselves feel better. They're here to de-stress, you know, all the list goes on and on. So, and we're providing that, that service for them and you're providing that service for them. And, you know, it's, it's very heartwarming, you know, all the way around. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Awesome. So with that being said, you know, being in the business now in the industry and everything, you know, I was like to ask this question towards the end is, you know, if you were to take two questions here, but we'll start with the first, if you were to take one step back and, you know, maybe like snow globe edition, you know, you're to like, take your little, you know, garage gym where it is, you know, look at everything that's going on in there. Is there anything that you would change or do differently that maybe you wanted to in the beginning? Or is it, or is <laughs> you know, it right where you want it right now? Well, you know, it, it is where I wanted it because I have changed it so much. Um, when I first started, it didn't look like this. <laughs> you know, I wasn't the guy that came in here, you know, with a lot of money and just said, okay, this is what I want. I actually had to build from the ground up. And when I say ground up, I didn't even have mats on my floor. You know, when I first started, like all the way around, I piece made certain mats. And, you know, as I grew as a business, I was very fortunate. Okay, I'm going to take this match and improve this and or improve that. So I'm constantly improving. So as of right now, I'm very happy where I'm at, like where it looks and how I got it set up. I love it. Uh, but it's, it didn't happen just coming here and build it. It actually has taken me years to get where I'm at and get, you know, where I want it at. And there's still some changes, but I mean, I'm talking about minor changes. There's a couple of pieces of things I would like to add or subtract, but it's nothing that's going to change big time. So yeah, it's really no, it's small great. stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the, the more you grow, the more you're going to add piece by piece and, you know, evolve. And, you know, it's going to be this big old brick and mortar gym with all the cool stuff inside and, you know, continue philosophy and, you know, everything that you, you know, preach to your clients. So um, second part is for anybody looking to start their own business in the fitness industry, what advice would you give them? <laughs> Patience. Patience is the number one thing. Be ready. Be ready to be discounted. Be ready to be hurt. Get ready to, you know, get some of that thick skin. You know, no one. I don't think anybody, when anybody, because you're putting yourself out there as a personal trainer. You're saying, hey, I'm good. I can get you where I'm going. And there's going to be a lot of doubters, a lot of haters. 
Yeah, so you need patience. You need to make sure that you got thick skin and be ready for the bad stuff because it's not all glory. I think when you see, you know, when people see people like even me, man, my first two years, even into my some of my third year, I just got beat down every which way. And you got to be ready for that. And I think that goes with any kind of business, of course. You know, you start, you, you know, there's a lot of doubt. Um, another thing that I would say that's even probably more important is understand your value. Uh, I did the biggest mistake, and I would come out straight tell you. And <laughs> I actually laugh at about it now, but when I first started, I used to charge 20 bucks an hour. $20. And I mean, we're talking about seven and a half years ago, eight years ago, people would still come and say, can I get a discount? I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, you know, once I found when I started learning my own value, it started like, wow, I'm really better than this. And I started doing like actual pricing. Life has been so much better. They respect you. I would say that's the biggest thing for any person understand your value but be correct about it know what you bring into the table and then get paid accordingly you know if you're bringing a lot of knowledge and you're bringing equipment and you're bringing uh a history you get paid for that don't don't cut yourself because man people they'll just run you through the mud and that's just that's probably my biggest i wish i i wish somebody told me that earlier or i would have had en enough confidence to do something of that nature but yeah, that, that is my biggest thing. Just know your value. But yeah, be real, realistic about it. Realistic. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, you, you know, um, last little tidbit here is so many people will ask for advice. And it's like, I get people ask me for advice all the time. I'm like, oh, well, what about this, this, and this? And it's like, you get to a point where it's like, okay, like I got to either like start my LLC, start charging because this advice to the right person is worth, 50, 60, hundred dollars for a consultation. It's like, you're doing that three, four, five people, boom, you could have made 500 bucks. You could have made yep. you know, 300 bucks or whatever. So it's like, you know, you got to know your worth and you can't treat it as you're robbing these people because it's so simple. These people, the common sense is not so common. The common right. sense is not so common to some. Absolutely. For, and for the people that are in the industry, it's like, yes, we understand that, but it's like, not everyone gets that. Absolutely. And yeah, and you you'd be amazed how many people don't get it. And the, some of the stuff that I used to hear, even just on basic stuff, uh, nutrition, I, I, I'll do a quick story, man. I had this one woman, I'm like, well, what are you eating for breakfast? And she's like, well, I don't eat that bad. I'm like, okay, just give me a rundown. Give me a couple. She's like, well, this morning I didn't do too bad. I eat Cinnabons. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, well, I think we got a whole different, concept of what's good or bad and but she was dead serious and i was like wow so it, what is common sense is not common sense and you have to the simpler the better uh in in the easier and i, I just like that's that's why i'd run my business everything is simple we don't complicate anything in here we run very smooth uh, and we're just together all the time i mean i'm a one-man show so that makes it a little bit easier i don't have you know, people in here and a lot of that, but you know, everybody contacts me, everything goes through me, which makes it easier, but you, you still got to know your worth. You still got to know what's going on and what you think is not always the case. 
you know, like I said, Cinnabons for breakfast and you think you did well, like the dude, I don't even know what to tell you. Uh, I almost cried. <laughs> you know, I think I'll take eating a Cinnabon over not eating for eight hours. True. True. <laughs> I will take that, but boy, that's, a, I think we can do better. And then that's something else, you know, you know, do, you know, I hear people all the time. Well, I didn't drink 10 sodas today. I only had five. That's better. I'm like, yeah, it's better, but you still did wrong. You know, what's better crack or, you know, meth. <laughs> okay. Which one's better? I mean, are we, are, are we splitting hairs here? So oh, I always try to throw it back to them like that. Cause I'm very passionate about this. I get really serious. Sometimes it gets a little bit too forward. Cause I love, you know, one-on-one i mean I, we talk a lot of stuff in here and so sometimes you got to be real with these people because they think oh it's better is it i mean let's just call it what it is and some of these people need to hear that whether it hurts their feelings whatever i mean i'm just so real with my people and i think they respect that i'm like guys we can't do certain things it takes what it takes i don't know where i heard that from but there's a saying it takes what it takes you know you can't get around it if you're going to do it, it takes what it takes. And that's, that's as simple as it can get. You know, can't eat junk food five days a week and expect to get stronger, leaner, fit. You know, you just can't do it. And so we got to fix it. And I'm very upfront with my clients. Very yeah. upfront. And that's the way to be, you know, just don't, don't sugarcoat it. Be honest upfront. Be like, listen, and just tell how it is. Absolutely. Awesome. Man. There, there's, there's, there's a more advice for that guy who's just started. <laughs> don't hey, yeah, yeah, there you go. Don't sugarcoat <laughs> it. That's right. Um, cool. Well, appreciate the advice. And you know, somebody coming from you know their own garage with big aspirations to do big things. Um, last but not least, you know, give our listeners a shout out of how do they reach you? You know, Instagram, Facebook, website. You know, how they can they check out the Divergent Fitness? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on all the things. You know, I'm on Facebook. It's Divergent Fitness LLC. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, of course, there's a few of us. Uh, Instagram, it's divergent underscore fitness. And I even have TikTok, which I'm trying, I just now started. I, when I say I'm not tech savvy, I, I'm not tech savvy. <laughs> so even my TikTok, I'm even starting that. And that's divergent fitness, LLC. And once again, you go on my website, divergent fitness, LLC. It's all simple, you know, but just, just make sure you got the LLC at the end of it. And you'll be able to reach me. I'd love to have, you know, many followers as possible, blow, blow that up, uh, come check out what I do, what I preach, see my clients, give them a little bit of inspiration, you know, give out a shout out to my client. They know that's who it's all about, those clients of mine. And they're killing it. I've got clients that are killing it. Awesome, man. Um, well, that we're going to wrap it up there for everybody listening out there today. If you're in the Phoenix, Arizona area, go check out his garage gym. Love everything he's doing so far. Um, and, you know, you're going to get the real, the real sauce, the real meat potatoes with him. So, you know, um, and if this story inspired you in any way, please click on the link below, reach out to us. We'll reach out to you and get you on the show for an episode. But until then, y'all, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Mr. Bobby Hines and Mr. Josh Bailey of Wellness Acquisition Group. Gentlemen, how are we today? What's going on? Doing fantastic. Excited about this podcast. I'm excited to have you here. There is... There's a lot for us to dig into here. And in, in Wellness Acquisition Group, the name may not immediately ring a bell with, with our listeners. So for context here, why don't you guys give us a little bit of background? Wellness Acquisition Group, how do you describe what this is, first and foremost? Yeah, so we're a health, wellness, fitness-based investment management operating company. Uh, right now, our, our two brands that we own are uh, Anytime Fitness and Basecamp Fitness. Got it. Okay. Anytime Fitness, Basecamp Fitness. Anytime, probably the more recognizable name at this point, at this juncture in the fitness industry. And Basecamp Fitness, an emerging brand, but soon to be known fairly nationally. Take us back here a little bit, guys. Wellness Acquisition Group. I have a pretty good idea of the background of this, but but for our listeners' context, walk us through the the somewhat abbreviated version of how all of this came to be what inspired holding group within the fitness industry how'd we get here yeah so josh and i've been partnered for what 15 years we've we've worked together and we've owned uh about 15 anytime fitness locations in that time and um i'm a big dreamer and uh, i'm sure we'll talk about all my big ambitions at some point but uh i've always wanted to, to do more and and grow and and then same for josh where uh there's this this dream of um of i, I never wanted to be a, a, a the fitness guy the guy who owns you know just owns a gym and there's nothing wrong with that but for me i wanted to be uh the business guy that owns multiple things and uh, it started with Anytime Fitness and then kind of fell in love with the brand and, and saw the opportunity to grow that and scale that. Um, and then, you know, once you're, for me, once I'm in fitness, uh, I started to see all these other brands and wanted to be a part of not just brands, but other segments of fitness. So there's, you know, big box, there's, you know, our type of gym, there's studios and so on. And so I really fell in love with the, the studio um segment and knew that it was it was growing and was waiting for our franchise or uh, self-esteem brands to um to launch their own studio um you know we we like them as a franchise or 
And, uh, and also with the, the non-compete clause, we, uh, we kind of have to follow along uh, with, what, with what they do in terms of uh, fitness brands we can invest in. But Josh and I both love the health, wellness, and fitness space. Um, and so just wanted to diversify and, and grow more in fitness. So as soon as they purchased Basecamp, we knew that we wanted to be a part of that um, and wanted to be a part of that in a big way, not just... Um, not just that, you know, let's buy one and see how it goes. Let's buy something and own an entire market. Um, we just, we just from looking at other anytime owners that have done that, that own an entire market, um, it's a lot, there's a lot more value in, in, in developing something that way than one at a time and, and maybe not being able to, to get the best, the best locations um, uh, are controlling your timeline for development and so on. Um, but we just, we wanted to create this, this platform that we can invest in and grow within the fitness space. Yeah. yeah Bobby, if I, if I can maybe add onto that, uh, Joe is, is uh, I'm kind of the opposite of Bobby and, and uh, where I only envision myself owning a gym, right? Like I, I'm the guy who loves being in the gym every single day, loves interaction with, with members. And then uh, being, being, uh, having Bobby as my business partner definitely pushes me outside of that comfort zone, which I, I love and appreciate every single day. And so what I found, um, you know, I love being in the gym and, and, and I miss that to a certain extent if I'm not doing a, a, a gym visit, studio visit. But one thing that I found that that's still very um, fulfilling for me is that instead of having an interaction with actual members every single day, because of the size and, and what we're, you know, wanting to grow to, I get to have that impact on team members, right? Which yeah, therefore- This is kind of the, have, the Marriott hotel model at this point, right? This is the, the take care of your team and they'll take care of the end user. Love, love that. Yep. That's, that's the goal. If we can be considered Marriott, I, I would, I would, I would <laughs> accept is, that compliment. This is the Marriott of the fitness space, at least. Now guys, I, a decade plus of, of holding gyms in some capacity or another, I'm sure we know more about running these things now than we did back then. And I'm sure that there's lessons and wisdom to be learned. But as you look back on that time, at least kind of give me the, the highs and the lows of this. What's been your favorite part about owning gyms in the fitness space? What's been the hardest part? Bobby, you want to take that one first? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> we, and the thing is, the way that Josh and I work is um, we have very different roles. Our skill sets are different. Our, uh, our, our passions within the industry are different. So I think it might be good to hear from both of us. We probably have a little bit different answers. So what I, you're, you're asking yeah. what I love the most and what I, what I guess what I hate the most. Highs and lows. Yeah, the highs and lows. So it's a fun industry. You know, and I believe in the purpose of, of the industry, you know, for, for the most part, you're, you're helping people to be, to be better, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, even um, there's a lot that, um, that a lot of reasons why people go to the gym, whatever type it may be, you know, but it's, it's all for a positive, a positive thing, a positive outcome, you know, and I, I like being a part of that. It's hard to, I, I never feel like I'm, I'm doing something wrong like i i believe in what we do and i i'd say that's probably the the highest the best thing for me and to see you know the people that we hire and work with they're passionate about the industry they're passionate about the people the, the members and and I, I love that part um the the lows is that 
and I actually heard on another podcast and it's probably going to be most that you ask. It's, it's also tough dealing with, with people. Um, mm. there's that. <laughs> Same answer. Yeah. But I, I'd say, I, I don't, I won't say that's my, my hundred percent answer, um, especially with what I do now, more on the, uh, more behind the scenes, but fitness is hard. And so the part that I dislike the most is it is very challenging, you know, fighting attrition, um, retaining 50% of your, or replacing 50% of your people every year is a constant battle. And you're, you're forcing people or trying to convince people to do something that they just don't naturally want to do. And so I'd say for me, that's yep. probably the, the, it's underestimating how hard this industry can be. Yeah. And, and I can piggyback off of that. Very similar Bob, to you, Bobby, is th- this is a fulfilling industry, right? It's every single day you're going to have some sort of positive impact on every single person who walks through that door. And I think that uh, door of the gym, and I think not many people can say that that's what they do for a career. So it's, it's fulfilling. Like I, I wake up every single morning with a smile on my face, knowing that I get to do what, uh, what I do. And uh, this is, I'm, I'm great and horrible, probably more horrible at analogies, but this is, um, I always tell people like, hey, we're not going door to door and selling toasters, right? Not, not that I have anything wrong with toasters, but like how beneficial can a toaster really be, right? Once again, excuse my bad analogy. We're, we're selling health, wellness. We're selling, yeah. you know, a, a better life, um, you know, an extension of, of, of an individual's life. Um, so yeah, it, it's fulfilling as heck. I would say the downfall, and once again, Bobby referred to it, we, we just have different roles. I would say the biggest stressor for me is, is uh, our team turnover. Um, and maybe this, instead of our membership attrition, it's our team attrition. It's, um, it's something that we've put a ton of time, energy and money into, and we've learned so much in the past 14, 15 years in terms yeah. of our team. It, we, the way we operate, uh, we could not do a single thing that we do now without our team. Um, and it, it hurts. It hurts when, when we lose, uh, make either make a Anybody. bad decision. Or, yeah. Or, or maybe, and look, sometimes it's attrition, not because of anything. We did everything right, but they just have a change, you know, change of life. Something happens and they move. But I would say that's the worst part. You, you create these genuinely great relationships or that's the goal. And then, um, you know, you, you lose that and kind of have to have to start all over again. Right. Was and that so, a challenge for you guys all along or COVID and beyond in terms of the employee attrition that you mentioned? Uh, I think early on, it was like I, I managed the first location. And so it was me, Josh and another good friend of mine I had known for 10 years prior. And and so just a bunch of dudes in the gym and and yeah. it, like no one and was staying even more probably because, yeah, you know, the, so people, yeah. The, the bigger you get, the harder that that gets and the more spread out now we're being multi-state we operate in four states and and josh you don't have any none of our locations are in the state you live in and so i think it's it's a little bit different and probably more challenging just because we have more people and we are more spread out um and we can't personally be at every location you know um and and josh you can speak more on that if it's like at what point did it get harder uh yeah 
we, you know, you think that the big transition from going from, you know, uh, one state to multiple states, I think, is when you really kind of have to take a step back. And 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 unfortunately, we've learned this through making mistakes, whether it was a hiring mistake or a lack of firing firing mistake. Right. There's the the good old saying of slow to hire, quick to fire. Well, when whenever you have paying clients and you don't have a coach to fulfill those, it's like well, we got to hire someone really quick. But, you know, we, we've learned that the process is the process, create SOPs, standard operating procedures that that's your foundation and, and do not go below that foundation. So I think, um, yeah, that I would say the bigger we get, the more of a challenge that that that's going to be, but all the challenges are opportunities at the end of the day. So I think it's, yeah. it's changing the mindset and that's maybe the biggest thing that, that, that I've had to take a, um, a step back to take a step forward to is, Hey, look, you're ha- you have this pain point, how can you never feel this way again, right? How can you stop this from happening again? So that's everything from how we recruit, um, getting referrals, you know, incentivizing our team to give us referrals for team members, and then our hiring process to even now where, you know, we, we don't have it full, uh, a full plan uh, that's that's already been implemented, but we're experimenting with some performance evaluation, um, you know, uh, systems to where, more than a performance evaluation, it's an opportunity to communicate with our with our leaders and our and our coaches. And I think that's for me kind of the next step. And and I feel like and both Bobby and I feel like it's going to be a good game changer to just open up that you know that conversation and, and know that these this is going to be an opportunity to say, hey, well, here's what's next. How do we get there? Let's work together and and, and knock that out. Unfortunately, in in our industry, so many of these victories come from, yeah, we failed at this for years and years and years, and then suddenly the light bulb went off and we we realized that we had a solution here in front of us. And and Bobby, you mentioned client attrition, and, and just by nature of the model that you're in, it's a bit higher than it would be considering if it was a, a smaller personal training studio or whatever the whatever the comparison is here. But for you guys, I mean, one way we combat that is opening up the top of the funnel, right? Good marketing. For you guys in the, the decade plus that we've been doing this, what's been what's been successful for you guys to get people through the doors and what hasn't been so successful? I'll take that one, Josh. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, well, I would say what has not been successful? What's not been successful is not doing anything. And we've, and we've done that, <laughs> not having a, not having a marketing spin or a budget for marketing, um, and, and working our butts off for the leads that we just so happen to get maybe through uh, a website or social media. Um, so that, that's the thing not to do. You, you gotta budget some sort of spend on marketing, getting people into, into the door, um, um, for, for, you know, that's, that's the start. And then I would say, fine, you know, you get rich in the niche. That's not my, um, that's not mine. I think that's a, a Casey Conrad quote, but uh, you get rich in the niche. So find your target market, know your target market and, and go after them with something enticing to pull them in. So we've experimented with a ton, you know, one of the big things right now is, you know, for your normal membership is a dollar down um, that that really brings people in and marketing that through digital um, guerrilla marketing. We still, you know, on we have a monthly goal of, of guerrilla marketing and generating a certain amount of leads through that. On the training side of it or on the studio, more of your personal training, um, 
these challenges, right? I know you guys are pretty much the the people who started some of these from my understanding, <laughs> right? So got to give props where it's due. And, and there's been many people who have followed kind of that, that routine. So it, it, it's successful. And, and it, once again, this is not to, you know, throw, throw this out there, but some sort of short-term beginning and end that you can market to people saying, hey, this is what we want you to commit to. And here's going to be the end result of that if you commit to it. That's been really successful for us. And, um, um, and remember, we're kind of talking about two different, we're talking about the Anytime Fitness World, which is your, you know, open gym, 24-7 convenience coaching model. And then we have the base camp. I would yeah, say this for this- is a vastly different strategy, yeah, I would imagine. For the studio concept, I would say one of our one of our biggest advantages is, is lowest barrier of entry. Because for us, the studio concept is more about the experience and the community and people have to uh, be sold through service. So what marketing offer can we put out there to get people to come and try it out? Um, and I think lowering the bar barrier of entry for that, whether it's, hey, come try us out for a week, come try us out for two weeks, risk-free, um, getting people involved in it, I think goes a long way. Um, Bobby, you have anything to add on that one? Yeah, I think, so going back to the marketing budget at first, it was maybe very reactive, not really knowing how to budget from for marketing. Um, we've learned a lot, um, just understanding financial statements and and things like that. Um, right now, we're I think we're about 5% of, of annual revenue is- That was going to be my next question. Is it is it a percent allocation or do you do it case by case by- No, it, it's- it just so happened to be at that 5%, but I think that's also a, a standard um, target, at least in our industry, I believe, is, is 5% of annual revenue. So sure. last year was probably the first year that we, uh, I think that's when we signed up with the, um, the firm we use now for the, at least the challenges. So I think moving forward, we'll, we'll probably um, better allocate, all right, so 5%, but how do we divvy that up um, in, in total? But the other thing is, um, and kind of what Josh was saying is, you know, on the on the base camp side, but it also applies to anytime fitness is just being part of the community. So outside of your your maybe digital spend, um, being being part of the community is super valuable. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of especially the big box clubs, they're not really doing that. Um, or your your low cost, high volume uh, yeah. brands, they're not doing that. So we we have the opportunity to do that. And if you think about the different, like the entire funnel, the the widest level of the funnel, the very top would be maybe the 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 free, right? The free member, the freemium, maybe. And so, what does that look like for us? <clears throat> that could be in the summer where we do um, our um, what do you call it? the free workout Saturdays in the park. So it's it's they're a member. They just happen to be a free member that only comes to our free Saturday workouts. And we're doing the same thing with Basecamp where we do pop ups, but we still treat you as as a, a member in a way and you're part of our community that could be the content you're putting out on social media um, because it might the buying decision might take nine months you know where someone sees you on instagram and like cool i like this community i, I kind of like what i'm seeing here and i want to be a part of that the next step is come to our free pop-ups and then do a two-week trial and then you know the next step and so that that whole process isn't a a one day walk in buy or cry scenario, it takes a long time, you know? That's a good, really important point to this. And I think any kind of marketing conversation we have needs to at least acknowledge that rarely is marketing a, a single tool. It's, it's a toolbox of multiple touches, 
how many, and in the old 1990s or earlier sales research of we need X amount of touches to get people to, to be the domino that tips over. We can argue all day about how many, but your point is, is sound here that one impression may not be it for people. We need to, we need to get into the ecosystem. We need to involve them in different branding activities so that when the light bulb moment happens, Hey, I think I should join a gym. Anytime fitness is top of mind, right? It's, it's far more than just, did they see an ad as they were scrolling through Facebook? That might be the case, but there was probably a history of moments before that, that influenced it as well. Right. Yeah. I think no, no, uh, no digital ad, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is that, that doesn't, ever really like sell our product right of of health and fitness um it's the people who they come and meet sell the product right so i think the uh kind of go uh, piggybacking off of bobby is it's how do we let people know about the community that we create and i think that is probably the most important thing and and i i, I mentioned like the guerrilla marketing tactics right um we'll don't ever underestimate that obviously you need to be in the digital space. I think if you're, if you're not, you're missing out on a, on a ton of opportunity, but you also have the idea of, you know, your ROI. So what is your return on investment? And I think you got to be able to track that, or you got to have some way to take a step back every week, every month, whatever it is that you feel comfortable with and say, Hey, you know, is this paying for itself or am I generating some sort of profit here? Right. And I think it, it you and really need to be measured in both dollars and time for the, the gorilla things that you mentioned. Right. It's, exactly. it's easy at the level that you guys are at. I don't know about easy. That easy is not the right word, but we can assign a budget to this. And, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, let's fix it. But we can't just unending, never-ending pool of, of hours throw manpower at things like this either. That, that's not always the best solution. Yeah, so that, that's a great, that's a great point. point. The ROI point is crucial on things it's, like this. It's everything. We we always like to, and Bobby, correct me if I'm if I'm if I'm off on this one, but we like to do a little bit of everything, or we've learned, right? Let's let's try to do a little bit of everything and then just learn right? Almost like our own little algorithm here. Like, let's learn, uh, Joe, to your point, if we're going to B2B and go and hand out business cards or little goodie baskets, and we see no increase of that um, from the time, energy, and money invested into that, then, hey, maybe we need to take a step back and, you know, put that time, energy, and money into another uh, form of marketing that is benefiting benefiting from us. You know, I think yeah. the, the biggest takeaway, and Bobby and I, have, I feel like, have done this in the past couple of years is you just got to dig into what you're doing. And sometimes that that's rough giving yourself yeah. feedback. And we, we have the luxury of being partners so we can give each other feedback, pretty, pretty open and honest. And so um, I think that's a huge benefit. There's all kinds of strategies we can employ. What's going to make the most sense given exactly. resources and time. Now for you guys, anytime is, is somewhat in the middle ground. It's not quite on par with big conglomerate commercial space type models, but it's not quite the, the micro gym studio space either. It's, it's found its nice middle ground of 24 hour capacity, but 
coaching services are still a huge aspect of this. How important for you guys in these takeovers, in these turnarounds is things like PT penetration, group training penetration. Is that a focus and, and what do we do to try to steer people towards those? Yeah, it's a, it's a major metric that we, we track. Um, it's, it's a, it's a big part of the brand. It's evolved over, you know, the two decades it's been around. Um, and, and now it's, it is a staple is a, as a major part of, of, of who we are. Um, and I think, you know, Josh and I have always focused on, on that, but um, it accounts for anywhere uh, on our end, 20 to 30% of, of total revenue. And that, that continues to grow. Um, and so, you know, it's it, across the board, I think PT penetration within Anytime Fitness is, is uh, relatively low, but we're also, um, you know, when you transition a brand as large as Anytime Fitness, it's like, well, there's a turning around the Titanic versus a speedboat, right? It yeah. takes a lot of time, yeah. effort, and, and all that to create the, the brand awareness around who we are now. So I think we'll see that change now that there's, you know, more corporate support and, and national rebranding around who and what anytime fitness is. So we'll see that, we'll see that change. But um, another reason why we use the, the challenge play is because in the markets, we're not known for, for personal training. So it's a good way to get people introduced um, to anytime fitness as a training centric club. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely focus on that. If we buy a club that is underperforming, most of the times they don't have a, a solid PT program. And so it's one of the first things we're able to install once we, we find uh, the right team. And, and that's been a huge help. And, and obviously you know this, it, it doesn't just impact revenue where there's that, there's a culture component to that. There's a referral component. Sure. They, um, we use uh, NPS scoring uh, to gauge customer service. So it, it helps with that. There's um, uh, what do you call it? It helps with attrition, you know, or retention. So there's a lot of other like residual benefits uh, besides for just having another um, revenue center or profit center. I talk to uh, a lot of, and not just anytime, but this kind of middle ground snap owners, anytime owners, even small individual one-off type mom and pop businesses like this. And when they don't focus on things like whatever the coaching services, PT, semi group, whatever it happens to look like, successful businesses in this type of a model can generate as much, if not more revenue from a solid PT department than they can the membership in general, right? We can make up a lot of ground with a higher ticket clientele. If the, the lower ticket, if the volume play isn't necessarily where we want it to be. And if we can get both working, I don't have to tell you guys this, but if we can get both firing, this is this is a very lucrative space. We can do well here. Now, we're running a bit shy on time, but I do want to save a, a handful of minutes here, at least for you guys to, to kind of paint the picture. What is the future of Wellness Acquisition Group in your mind? We're, we're working in the anytime space. We're working in the base camp space. Where do we see this thing as we move forward? Bobby, this is definitely uh, you, you being the visionary, man. I'm, I'm going to tee this one up for you. Bobby Hines. <laughs> the, the future of what's to be and what's to come is probably my, my favorite thing. I, I love the chase. I love the build, um, the creating part. 
Uh, I love the the day to day operational stuff. I just I'm not wired that way, and, and it's a great another great reason that uh, Josh and I have a, a, a solid partnership. Um, and so what we wanted to do is is create this this platform that we can grow. And I think I said that from the beginning, but a platform that um, we can grow uh, our our holdings uh, with health, wellness, fitness based companies. Um, and, uh, not just for us, but our team, you know, we, we, we talked a lot about our team and, and the way we think about retaining our, our team members and stuff. Um, if you notice, we don't, we rarely say employees, we say team members. Um, and that's, that's intentional. It's, we, we, we all work in collaboration and just have different roles. Mine happens to be strategy and an executive type role, but, um, we're, we're a team nonetheless. And so we wanted a, a platform that they can grow in. Um, you know, if you're a trainer and just absolutely love the industry, if I just have one location, um, or a handful of locations, your growth trajectory is kind of capped at some point. You have to wait forever for there to be a, a management position turnover to get another role. But if we have several different brands and, and we're constantly scaling that, well, we can hire better talent. Uh, we can retain them better because there's always going to be a new opportunity. So that's also part of what we're doing. So long-term, um, you know, we, we, we bought the 20 locations for base camp. We have nine anytime fitness uh, locations that are open uh, I'm, I'm targeting hundred units between the two. Um, not sure yet what the, the split's going to be, but I think, um, you know, hundred, just a nice round number. That sounds yeah, there's, good. There's some financial targets that are associated with that, you know, at some point, um, you know, there, there has to be an exit on, on one, uh, of the brand or, you know, so I think that's, that's always in mind and whether or not we exit it's, we want to build to be able, uh, to exit, but, at that point, we can we make the choice, the decision to to stay and and continue to grow it and hold it forever, or we can exit and then continue the process. So, right now it's a hundred. Josh knows me well enough to know that number is going to change a thousand times, but that's yeah, Joe. Goal. It, it, it'll change to five to five hundred in about a month. Yeah. So, okay. I think that's important though, because if I could if I could summarize one thing that you said that that could be a takeaway for anybody that listens to this that we struggle with big time in the fitness industry is that whether or not you ever plan to exit is irrelevant but build it as if you are going to exit mm -hmm. so that you can yeah. should that day come so many times do I talk to a gym owner who's anchored to his business this isn't an asset this is purely a liability and a job that costs them 70 or 80 hours a week and they're miserable and they created it which yeah. is the most heartbreaking aspect of all of this joe two two things i add to that um the the mindset that you have and the way that you approach things and the way you make decisions is a lot different when you are building for a potential exit um, certain things or investments may not make sense, um, you know, and it just, it really changed the focus and then how we look at even finances and, and debt and, and things like that. Um, so again, to your point, whether or not we sell, it's just a, a I think a healthier way to, to run the business. So, um, so there's that. The, the second thing is, um, for years, Josh and I have kind of used this as a reminder for things is, um, whatever process you're creating or whatever you're going to do, think how would that work if we if we had to do this across a hundred locations? You know, um, you might have a trainer. This happens a lot. <laughs> Trainers have their own way of like, I want to do this type of class and this type of thing. 
all right, cool, you can do that, but it, but first let's test it at your location, but I need you to create it uh, in a way that is automated and, and something we can scale across a hundred locations. Otherwise we just can't do it because we can't have this one-off thing. So when you think of things that way, it forces you to think systematically um, and, and not just all these little things you're just piecing together. Like how do we create, uh, create systems and think more strategically about, about stuff, um, which doesn't always happen in the gym space. You think of weights, you know, banging around and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> we we are typically a meathead kind of person. That's, that's yeah. who we, who we draw to our industry guys. That's a, that's a really, really great place to wrap up our conversation. And, and unfortunately I'm sure that there's a million things that we did not touch on. There's a but billion things. We a short bit of time. Yeah. Yes. In the, in the short bit of time we have left, is, is there a way that people can learn about Wellness Acquisition Group? Do we have a specific website? Do we have social media? How can people connect with the two of you guys or learn more about this? You know, uh, we don't have a website yet. We are legit, <laughs> but we do need to, uh, to build a website. I'd say, you know, um, and Joe, if there's a recap that goes out, I can, I can definitely send you the different links to our location. We'll, we'll get it. <laughs> follow. Um, otherwise, you can find me uh, on on my Instagram, which is just um, shout it out. Yeah, my name uh, Bobby Hines, B O B B Y H I N E S. I uh, was an early adopter of Instagram, so I got my my name locked in. Uh, and then Josh, uh, for you, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so it yeah, if you want to reach out to me, it's uh, J B Anytime Fit. So early adopter when I got in the Anytime Fitness. So if you want to find Amazing. me on Instagram, it's at J B Anytime Fit. So that's how you reach out to me. And Joe, before we go, I just want to say shout out to our team. And we, uh, I think I said it earlier in the podcast, but being nine locations, two base camps and, and many more going to that hundred, we just got to give a shout out to them. We, we truly could not do and, and be successful that we are with, without them. So I just had to throw that out there. Shout out to the WAG team and to you guys. Thank you for, for being willing to share and, and share your experience talking about what's worked, what hasn't, and, and the future of this whole thing. It's exciting to see where you guys are at and what we're thinking about big picture. So I appreciate you guys' time and, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Someone from our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.